0: Welcome back to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam, founder of I Am The Code. I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your love, your presence, and your guidance. It means a lot. And thank you for sharing the podcast. It means so much to the whole I Am The Code team. Thank you. And if you have just joined I Am The Code as a volunteer, welcome. Welcome to the family. We hope you can grow with us. Thank you. I'm also extremely grateful to have leading companies inviting me recently to join their virtual event to speak to their board members, their staff, and share our stories at the same time talk about our mission and our vision. You know, each time you support I Am The Code, you're elevating young women and girls. Our mission is to get 1 million women and girls to learn how to code by the year 2030. So thank you for your donation, your support, and your kindness. Our young women and girls have been leading our I Am The Code well-being clubs globally, and they've been implementing life skills such as literacy, numeracy, but also organizing youth club sessions using social media and social distancing activities. They have been keeping extremely busy, and I'm really proud of them because despite of COVID-19, they're working very hard to make sure they keep going. They're resilient young women that we all need to support. One of the things I was saying to my friend yesterday is that we must ensure that equitable educational opportunities are available to all. You all know I didn't have access to education. That was a systematic problem. Now, young women and girls must have education. Because when you have education, you have dignity and pride. We also have launched our new initiative called One Girl, One Mask to protect our girls from the pandemic. Their well-being is absolutely paramount. We're not negotiating with that. And we must look after vulnerable girls. The world has forgotten about young women and girls since I was a young girl. Now, we can do this together, as my dear friend, my amazing guest, always tells us. In this episode, I have the honor and privilege to be joined by my dear sister and friend from South Africa, Nomzamo Mbata, Nomzamo is an amazing woman. I just love her so much. She's an actress, but also represents global brands that have purpose and mission. She's also a humanitarian, someone who cares about refugees and marginalized communities because she was one of them. I met Nomzamo at the United Nations headquarters in New York, where we were both invited to speak to world leaders. And alongside us, we have Amina Mohamed the United Nations Deputy Secretary General, somebody we admire and love in Africa. I didn't know who Nomzamo Zamo was. She was just a panelist like myself. But when we sat down and starting to talk about our work and she started speaking, I was like, excuse me, who is that woman? It was absolutely amazing. She was beautiful, strong, eloquent, accurate. But also, she commanded the room, and I just loved that about her. And since then, I felt in love and invited her to come and join us in New York, where we had I Am The Code, uh, where we were featured in Times Square with Nasdaq. She took her entire afternoon and came and visited us. She's also a UNHCR Goodwill Ambassador. It's very rare to see Africans, Goodwill Ambassadors, doing the work Nomzamo, does in a very meaningful way. We spoke to her from her home in Los Angeles where her movie is coming up this year. I can't wait to watch it. She's genuinely a star to watch. And in Africa, I think we're very, very proud to have someone like her. I had an amazing time with her. I didn't want to actually end the podcast. We could have spoken for hours and hours. But I really hope you enjoy my conversation with her because she's wise. The things she says is everyone should listen to it thank you so much for being here i will see you on the other side my dearest how are you
1: i am so much better for talking to you my friend i have missed you i've missed you i'm so glad we're doing this
0: we are so excited to have you you know you have no idea Oh,
1: i'm excited really excited i'm just happy to so see much. the growth of i am the code I'm, I'm 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 so incredibly proud that we have a podcast now which is amazing i know uh, which means you're moving with the world right thank even you so during, much even during these uh uh, uh unprecedented times
0: I know, I know. You know, I, I always say to, you know, we have an amazing uh, team now working with us. I say every time before I start the podcast, I tell people why I wanted them to come on the podcast. And I, I have two things I really want to say before we start. The reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast is, you know, you are someone I really admire. Um, I remember working in New York at the United Nations head office. And uh, and um, I, I came in, I really didn't know who you were. Like I just have mm. no idea. I just received a, a message saying, you are know, gonna this is your panel, just as always. And I came into the room and I saw this beauty, this really Aww. amazing lady, and uh, and you were so kind to me. You came and said, Hey Mariam, you get <laughs> a hug, and uh, it was so amazing, really. We entered the, the room, you know. This is United Nations headquarters, it's so big. And when you start talking, I said, Oh my god who's this woman (laughs) how come I didn't meet her before I was like whoa No, no 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 this is not possible and I was so excited to meet you because you were talking with clarity with power with authority it was so beautiful to see honestly and then uh you know after the talk you you know you were really polite and loving and caring you know just stay who you are and then we had a, a massive historical moment at I Am Record where we were invited in New York at the New York Stock Exchange. I know how busy yeah. you are, and uh, you know, and I invited you to come and be part of it because it was so big. And you, you came in, you know, with your busy time, you you recording it. And I'm gonna tell the people in a minute what you do. And then you came in, you gave us your time. You spent the whole afternoon with us, and uh, and I really want to say that before we start the podcast that thank you so much for for your humanity, for everything you're doing, for, 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 for the world. But also, wow. thank you for really, those two moments, I will never forget it. Because I did not know who you were at all. I didn't know, <laughs> honestly. But when you start talking, Amina Mohammed, the United Nations, <laughs> I, I say, hello, we have to listen to this lady now. I mean, like, honestly, you really you really commanded the room.
1: Uh, and I just want to wow. say, thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So humbled. You know, it's always so hard for me to hear, you know, anything about myself. I'm always like, ah, can we talk about something else? Um, but just humbling. And, and I think, you know, Mariam, I think, you know, you are the reflection of the people around you. And so having you as one of my, my friends and people that I see as, as, as an inspiration, it, it, it implores me to do better and to just be a better human being for the rest of the world. And uh, so
0: thank you. No, no, we appreciate you. I just wanted people to know that at the end of the day, no matter what, who we are, we, you know, those, those small stuff you've done behind the scenes, me personally, it has touched me. And I will, I will always remember you for that.
1: You are so blessed. Thank Thank you. So how is,
0: how are you doing anyway?
1: Oh, I am better. Sheesh. I think we've all gone through. Uh, you know, the 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 motions of being a part of a pandemic and being completely affected by it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so in the beginning, it was really, really tough because I was hoping to be quarantining um, at home in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously there was the lockdowns and the travel bans and all kinds of things around it. So I ended up quarantining here in my home in, in LA. So I'm in LA. It has been quite the interesting thing to 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 live life in the past four or five months but I'm I'm good I'm 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 blessed I'm doing work that I'm passionate about Mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy I'm content I'm at peace and I'm ready to to uh to see what our new normal will be like how are you
0: I'm good. We are very good. We are working very hard. As you said, we just launched this podcast. We thought it's going to be a small one. Now he's gone really big.
1: (laughs) Is there anything that you do small? Yeah,
0: we try. (laughs) (laughs) So what was the last event you did before the lockdown?
1: Can I tell you what a blessing it was? I had decided to, I I had known that I wasn't going to be around for my mother's birthday on the 21st of March because I thought Mm -hmm. I might be working in LA, but I'll probably be home in April, so I won't be around for her birthday, which was going to be on the 21st of March. But I had this opportunity with Turkish Airlines where they were going to, um, they had offered to take me uh, to Istanbul and Mm -hmm. I could bring a guest um, and they just wanted to show me the city of Istanbul. So I took my mother. So let's go for a birthday trip. Uh, <laughs> an early birthday trip. And so she she was obviously game. It was her first time on an international flight. It was her first time leaving the she's country. so
0: beautiful though. I love her. Oh,
1: thank you. She, she's spunky.
0: She got this swag in her, right?
1: Oh yes. Uh, very, very spunky woman. Um
0: <laughs> she got this swag. I love when she wears white, and I, I do go sometimes and kind of like sneak on social media to look what she what you guys do, but she's beautiful.
1: I'm guessing you saw you saw the dancing video as well. I know, I know, (laughs) she's beautiful. Yeah, so we got to go to um Istanbul. I got to take my mom on a on a on a trip, and we had so much fun. Um, and literally we separated at the airport. The flight back to South Africa um Mm -hmm. was in the evening, and mine was early morning the next day. So we separated at the airport, and I was flying to LA, and that was the last thing I did.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. Maybe people don't know, you know, they may not know what you do. Can you do you mind just sharing with the audience? What do you actually do?
1: So my first hat that I wear is that of an actress. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was um, discovered in South Africa and I was a student at the time uh, studying at the University of Cape Town doing my Bachelor of Commerce Account in accounting degree and um, yeah, I was discovered. And then I, 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 I went on to star in a show that I thought was not going to be huge. And it turned out to be one of the biggest shows in South Africa. And uh, that catapulted me into um, the space of, of, of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. From then on, I started working with brands. I then became a spokesmodel and the face of of different uh, different brands, very leading brands and international brands. Um, and in that in that whirlwind, I was introduced to an incredible, incredible um, cause mm-hmm. because I had always dreamed of working for the United Nations, yep. but I just didn't know which leg I would go into. And sure enough, UNHCR was um, launching a new campaign called the Luku Luku campaign. The -hmm. Luku Luku campaign was a a, a vehicle to say that our common language is love and our common language is hope and Mm -hmm. the ability to overcome. That we are more similar than we are different and that we should amplify the voices of our forcibly displaced brothers and sisters on the continent um, and, and to amplify the voices of refugees and that is where we our worlds come uh, yes. and, and collided that's um, true, so, that's true. so so from then on did the Luka Luka campaign went to uh, Malawi from Malawi went to Kenya uh, from Kenya went to South Sudan did a lot of mission uh, and a lot of field work and um, just making sure that I amplified the voices of refugees and, mm. and fundraising, making sure we raise enough funds or more than enough funds, of course, to assist and to alleviate some of the uh, shortages that obviously I experienced. Yep. And then in 2018, I was named. Um, you, you know, UNHCR goodwill ambassador. It's been a beautiful labor of love and an incredible journey that has just altered my view on humanity even more. You know, and 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 here's the thing, Mariam. A lot of people only know Nomzamo in mm-hmm. starting out as you know uh, an actress. First international trip of my life, I went to Kenya.
0: Oh wow!
1: Save the Children, Sweden had taken um, had chosen two children from each country around mm. the African continent, and we were all flown into Kenya for uh-huh. weeks long of doing um, uh, different activations, saying what it is our realities are. I mm. got to meet kids from, 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 the, from the DRC. I got to meet kids from Ethiopia, uh-huh. from Somalia. I had never in my entire life, you know, thought that mm. that would be, you know, I guess the introduction, and I'm grateful I'm able to connect the dots looking back. You know, mm. because I've always, I've always been a humanitarian at heart. I had always stood up for the most marginalized, and I've always been very vocal, even as a child. You know, in high school, I was called Big Mouth. You know, because I was not big mouth. You want to talk oh, wow. all the time. You know. <laughs> so maybe let, let's talk about your childhood. So, what did you do? Did,
0: where did you Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in South Africa? You know, you 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 grew up in South Africa, right?
1: I did. I mm-hmm. grew up in a, in an area called Guanabara. So, Kwamashu mm-hmm. is a township, and a township is a very um, you know impoverished area. We we do, people who live in Guamashu, you know, there's because it was built by the apartheid government eh, back in the day. It was supposed. It was a lot. It was an area that was that black people were put in 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 regards to a, a very systemic like structure. segregation segregation but segregation in a very systemic structure. To make sure that you know you're far from the urban areas, so you're not going to the best schools. You can't access the best education. You can't access the best resources, right? So, grew up um, and and was raised by my grandmother, but you know and 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 I was very exposed. You know there was gangs. We going to sleep at night. We'd be hearing gunshots all the time. You right. knew you had to. There was a survival, you know, element to it. You know, as soon as you hear the gunshots, my grandmother would say. Lights out, and sure enough, it's either we're blowing a candle or we're switching off the lights and we're closing the curtains and we're going into bed you know yeah. um so so you must have been
0: traumatizing no?
1: very traumatizing, very traumatizing i mean I, I think I still suffer from the p t s d even to today you know with your your profile, you are very
0: down to earth um is it because you you really understand um you know where you come from? you just just didn't wake up like this, you know, you really had to make your way. Is it because you've been through that difficulty understanding poverty, understanding, you know, segregation?
1: Thank you. I mean, there's an element of things. One, I was raised by my grandmother who Mm -hmm. suffered no fools and was very, very um, adamant in teaching me about humility she's no longer on earth but her her life and her spirit lives inside of me and i'm grateful for that Mm. but most importantly it's that i was exposed to all of it i was exposed to the poverty i was exposed to the segregation i was exposed to the uh, social inequities and i've never been one to deny my childhood to deny where i come from to deny who i am and i know that in shining a light on where I come from and what makes me who I am, I'm able to shine a light on so many young girls and boys who think they cannot make it. I have to be honest about the things that I experienced as a child growing up, so that you can see that it is possible to make it out. I grew up, uh, Marie, I'm telling myself that I may have been born into the circumstance, but this mm-hmm. is not where I will die.
0: So that's so powerful. Like I said before earlier, when I heard you uh, at the United Nation mm-hmm. with, I mean, with Amina Mohammed, the United Nations Secretary General, when you, when you spoke, it, it went straight into my bones. I was like, wow, this woman is ah. so powerful. So um, one of my questions to you is, You've been nominated as UN United Nations Goodwill Ambassador, and you are, you know, you've been underground. You've seen refugees. You've seen poverty. Can you explain a little bit about your role? What is Intel, and uh, and how can we make sure we elevate more voices like yours? To, you know, there are 80 million refugees across the world right now, nearly. Can you can you explain a little bit more about your role?
1: You know, my role is to is to amplify. It is to lift the lid of invisibility, because. So many uh, structures around the world um, want to to cover up the plight of the refugee, to mm. cover up the plight of forcibly displaced people, and to say that they are the forgotten, that they are the disempowered. But that is incorrect, and you would know that very well, Mariam. Mm. In that forcibly displaced people are like you and me. Refugees and asylum seekers are like you and myself, you know, in that they they too have the spirit of resilience. They too have something to give. Skilled people, skilled people, skilled workers, and very, very economic, you know? And so for me, it was to change the narrative. So that is my role, essentially. It is to change the narrative and to dismantle the pre-existing narrative of refugees—that they are not disempowered people, that they are not people who are, 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 are only for charity, um, that they are not people who are who don't need anything but just you know a, a little a, a little uh, a cup in the hand—but it is to say, how best do we come up with creative ways? In, in, in finding the, the, the sustainability, right? In finding ways that we can empower, but in and of itself, build machines within the refugee structures that will be able to remain sustainable and to grow. And to say that, you know, and to amplify the voice of the fact that they are not <laughs> uh, liabilities, that they are economic assets. People don't know that millions exist in the economy of refugee camps. There was a man where I saw a bigger structure that was made of the the tent uh, structure that's used to build the homes in in, in the camps. And I thought this is bigger. And then I saw a little board and on the board, it had a chalk uh, writing. And with the chalk writing, the, the top line was said movies today. And I thought, whoa. And then it said, however many shillings. I said, whoa. I said, can we stop here? We stopped, <laughs> in the, we stopped. We went inside and we found out it was a man who had to flee the DRC. In the fleeing, he managed to sell his home and flee to the refugee camp with whatever he was able to make in selling his home in DRC. He bought that material. He used that, he used that money to buy material and built a little cinema for young kids. don't have anything to do during the day
0: it's so amazing you know i I always say that visibility changes lives you know when you are visible when when most of us are not visible you know people don't know the stories they don't know what's happening and i always say that it does change lives and i think the other thing uh, that really impressed me with with what you do is, you know, I've been an activist about uh, celebrities going to Africa and trying to pretend to save the people. But you oh. are walking the walk, you know. You actually go on the ground with your people. You actually help our people because we are Africans, yeah. by the way, in our own continent, being refugees. So I- I'm so proud to see that mm. Africans. Uh, are nominated by UNHCR, but also they are they are elevating the voices, they're giving people visibility. Uh, I think the other thing I was going to ask you is, have you been also discriminated, you know, on top of the segregation you, you suffered in South Africa, have you been discriminated uh, in, in the US or in your childhood?
1: Absolutely. You get discriminated, I mean, f- prejudice and discrimination exists everywhere in the world. Right, and that's why I always try and 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 say to people that you know we're more similar than we are different. The the the, the details and descriptions around our our surroundings and the in our lives may be different, but mm-hmm. there is some kind of common thread that we can be able to find in that. You know, of course, I, I'm a black girl growing up in a very young democratic country because the democracy in South Africa is quite young. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so freedom has not been has not been had <laughs> in yeah, its fullest, uh, mm-hmm. and so of course I have the the mere fact that I, I had to lie and say that I live in the closest area where my for my for my school to be able to accept me, right? Uh, the, of course, the yeah. fact that I have been called a derogatory racial slur that was used during the apartheid times. Um, the, which is the K-word, <laughs> I yeah. have, I have, I have experienced that. So definitely, especially even as a woman going into the entertainment industry. Oh yeah, don't
0: speak, I mean,
1: don't, don't be too passionate. Mm-mm. Don't speak too loud. Yep. You're emotional. You're you it's too emotional. You, you need to calm down. Is it that time of the month? oh my Mm -hmm. she thinks she's smart just sit there and be a pretty face who do you think you are you have no business speaking about politics you have no what do you know about refugees sit there and just be pretty and take pictures we experience discrimination and prejudice every single day of our lives and for as Mm -hmm. long as we say nothing to it we continue to nurture it and make sure it grows but for as long as we stand up for that Mm -hmm. injustice we are dismantling
0: and how do you find that? You are an actress, a producer, you know, someone who's, like, yes. really beautiful. We You represent brands, like global brands. How do you keep your voice uh, authentic? You Because I know you're not afraid. You always speak your mind. Hmm. But How do you keep, you know, your voice so real in this competitive market? I was looking at some of the celebrities and doing brand, the representing brands, and some of them hmm. are worried to speak up because they don't want to lose contracts. But you, yeah. I think you are, you are very authentic in the way you, you do things.
1: I think it's realizing the value that you bring, knowing the value that you bring. For as long as you're quiet, it means you doubt the value that you bring. And when you know the value that you bring to the brands that you work with or to the people that you're associated with, why would you not? And here's the thing, Mariam, you know, people have known me to, to wear many hats, correct? Mm in that I I am able to be an actress and I'm able to be a producer and I'm able to be a businesswoman or be a a, a, a humanitarian and an activist. It is to say that I have to be authentically myself. How how dare I keep quiet in the face of injustice when I'm fighting it every day, especially now with Black Lives Matter. Being um, in the
0: US as well. And being in the US,
1: of Mm -hmm. course, you know, um, there was no way that that uh, cannot affect you for as long as you have faced injustice once or twice or how many times in your life, when you see it and we are watching a man dying, I have never seen anything like it and, Me too. And, and and we all remember the voice we all remember yeah. that cry also you know there's a quote that I actually posted yesterday on my on my instagram and i and I love it so much, and I want to actually share it. Mm-hmm. It says, if you're not sure how to respond, listen. If you're not sure what to read, research. If you're not sure what to do, donate. Not sure becomes not my problem. It's mm-hmm. not enough to be not sure when racism is still taking lives. So we have to educate each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. And, I, and for me, you know, Mariam, we have to, now is the time to educate. Mm. We're educating. School is in session. No stone will go unturned, which is why my quote and my motto in life is to lift the lid of invisibility. We have to lift the lid of invisibility. We have to face things. We have to talk about things.
0: I know that you, like I said, you you are an actress and a producer and we're so proud of you as an African woman. You are working with big companies and, and big people and you have to not stay on your line, But you like, I am me. And I saw you in New York. You dress so beautifully, by the way. (laughs) Thank you, my darling. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So what would you say to your younger self
1: then? Uh, I would tell her that she will conquer her wars and that it does get sunnier. It does. It gets sunnier, much sunnier. I went through a lot as a young girl, Mariam. You know, um, there was a lot of self-doubt. At some point in time, I tell the story all the time. It's the funniest thing. At some point in time, I thought to myself, maybe I should be a domestic worker and go and clean people's houses, but clean rich people's houses so I can be able to be in the big houses just to be closer to the power of proximity. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can be able to claim it. Not because of the materialistic aspect of it, but because of wanting to show myself that I can get out of Guamashu. I can make it out. It's not normal for 12-year-old or 13-year-old, like myself at the time, walking to the bus stop and passing a dead body and having to check if I knew if it was my neighbor or someone that I knew so that I could run back home and tell my grandmother. And if it wasn't anyone that I know, I can go straight to the bus stop. And then on days when it would be raining, the rain pouring down on me, pouring down on me, wetting my school uniform down to the soles of my feet because I had holes in my school shoes. And then knowing that my, my white socks would go brown because now I'm walking in the, in, in the mud, right? But knowing, knowing that I've already wrapped up my school books in a plastic bag and putting them in a backpack. And then walking and knowing and telling myself that it will get sunny one day for you, baby girl. It will get sunny. You were born into the circumstance, but this is not where you will end up. This is not where you will die. And everything, every single life decision that I made, it was an intentional life decision to say, how do we get out? How are we going to make it out? And we did. Constantly telling myself that I want to leave my generation better than I found it. Not just generation in the global aspect of things, but the generation of my family. And so to any young girl in Kakuma listening right now or anywhere else, you have to believe that you will break the generational curse. You will break it. You will leave the generation of your family better than you found it. Whether it is making sure that you get whatever education that you can get. Whether it is writing a book. Whether it is speaking up. But your name, your name will be remembered. You are going to be someone. You will leave it better than you found it. And you will look back and know.
0: That day, when you're walking and knowing inside of you, like walking in the bus stop and knowing that this pain, I suffer this pain. This pain is so unique, you know. Absolutely. Unless you understand this like desperation, I would say it's like uh, uh, you understand this and you. This is what is driving you today to become this beautiful woman, this UNHR ambassador, this, this representative brand, and speaking up for the truth. Hmm. And I think that your message to young women and girls is so inspiring. How can we make sure we amplify your, your voice even further? Because I think the world needs to listen to this story because everybody sees you and think, oh, she made it. And my young girls in Kakuma, they think when when visitors come, You know, they're just beautiful and everything is done, but how can we make sure they stay grounded and humble and Mm. focused?
1: How do we do that? Remember your roots, remember where you come from. That should always keep your feet on the ground. Always keep your feet on the ground. And to know that no man is an island. I am because you are.
0: Mm -hmm. Ubuntu.
1: Ubuntu, right? And continuously wanting to. Make the world a better place in whichever way you can, because you know what it's like to be invisible in the world, right? Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to be invisible in the world. Yeah. How then do you forget that feeling when you are at a certain position in your life? You cannot forget it. It is with you. It is it is the it is the thing that makes up your DNA. It is the very thing that makes up your DNA.
0: I know you meant to so many um you know young women and boys yes. and girls across the world people look up to you on twitter on instagram and social media what what you say they find inspiring i was looking the other day we're doing some research to see if we can invite you everything you put on you know is positive. and sometimes you got some trolls who are crazy um, yeah. <laughs> That's <what> we... Um <laughs> but i like the way you deal with them you just block them which is really fantastic exactly. it's great <laughs> but why, why do you think mentoring is important did you have any mentor i know you're very close to your mom.
1: I'm a middle child, which is why I have my own brain and I move according to my own little path and I do my own thing. Um, but everyone is close to me. <laughs> so that's what happens when you're a middle child. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I I believe in mentorship because it's so important that we, <sighs> you know, guidance helps so much mm. because in this world it's very easy to feel isolated and to feel very alone in your mm-hmm. in your personal experience and to and to not reach out for help sometimes we don't reach out for help because we have pride true mm-hmm. and true. so then it takes a moment for us to have to reflect on why do i have pride right mm-hmm. and what and, and how is pride not helping me in my growth? Because when you have pride, you don't ask for help, which means you are unable to expand on how best you can genuinely grow. So I have learned to take out my my middle child syndrome sometimes and reach out and Mm -hmm. ask for help. What are your thoughts, Mariam, on this? What do you think I should, what direction would you take? You know, I'm struggling with this a little bit and I'm really, you know, this is where I've taken this, this project to this point. Can you clarify for me? There's nothing, um, there's no, the, the saying goes, there's no such thing as a stupid question. So mm-hmm. I learned to ask questions, right? For as long yeah. as I don't know, I can't grow. So mentorship is that. It's able to reach out and to say, help me see better. Help me see better. Help me to do better. How do you best, you know, uh, navigate this? In my acting career, I have, an, I have my mentor who used to be, was my boss in the beginning, and now she's my friend, and she's like my mother, but she's also now a business partner. You see, because we have had that growth in in our in our uh, uh, relationship, mm-hmm. and and she, her name is Desiree Markov. And then in my humanitarian space, I have mentors, right? I have Nida um, Jehu, who is who is who is a guiding light, and you know, and a very strong-willed and very vocal. And she says, "Move yet, don't do that." This is how best. What else do you need? And and very affirming as well. You know, in that this is your strength. Use your voice. Do not be afraid. So, are you
0: it. saying that the mentors can also tell you the? You know, they can they can guide you and tell you the truth because you need you need mentors who don't who are not afraid of you. I mean, with oh, yes. the cali- with the caliber you have, you know, sometimes people tend to probably massage the words. But are you saying that you need mentors who can be honest with you, authentic, and tell the truth?
1: Yes. And the only way that I can be able to receive that to whoever's listening, we have to be open to it. Mm -hmm. So many times people receive criticism and they go into a defense mode. Don't defend, receive it. Especially if these people have become your mentors and they are going to be honest about your capabilities, about your strengths, about your weaknesses. And weaknesses are just an opportunity for you to strengthen something. It's an opportunity for you to get better at something. I want to know what my weaknesses are. What did you think? What are your thoughts? Not because I'm insecure about my work or about myself, but because I care about my work and I care about myself. And in caring about my work and caring about myself, it means that I care about my growth. I care about my potential because I constantly want to keep growing and to strengthen and be a better woman for the world and a better woman for myself so when you are going to have mentors you cannot have what michael jackson used to call yes men around you you have to have people who are going to tell you the truth when it mm-hmm. is not going great you have to have people who are able to to, to challenge know your heart and know your mind and challenge you and say in a more compassionate can, way though, in a, a more compassionate more way, and way and say you know what I read it. I think it's beautiful. I know you, though. I know you can take it one step in, one step further. And then you read it again and you go back to the drawing board. And guess what? You come out better.
0: One of the things I've learned this, this lockdown is that I, was, I, did, I didn't know how to ask for help. And because, because of my background, I, mm. of, my, of my childhood, I, I, I was afraid of rejection. So I never asked for help. And then it's fascinating because I had a conversation with my friends and we were discussing about asking for help. And one of the biggest things I've learned is ask for help. And you are right. Asking for help is so important. And we we then, on top of that, found young girls and, and boys in Kakuma, mentors all around the world, the global leaders who are mentoring the girls in Kakuma. But sometimes we don't find people who are honest. People who can tell the truth, they massage mm. us, they don't tell us mm. the truth, and then we get upset very quickly. But it's so important what you say. I hope that the girls and the boys listening to this podcast can understand that mentoring, it can't be all fluffy, beautiful, beautiful, you know? Yes. You need to allow your mentor to, you know, be honest and tell you the truth. What do you think?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and also the truth is not always easy, right? Mm. Mm. Because as I said, the reason why I started with you have to be ready to receive. The truth and receive the guidance, because so many times we want to be stuck in our ways, and we want to be arrogant, and we want to have pride, and we want to be defensive. And Mm. when you have those things, you're blocking your own growth. You're blocking your blessings. You know, you're blocking so many things that could be unlocked. Do you think? I mean, you. In fact, this is the best example. Do you think a CEO can run a business by himself? Can he be on the in in the in the store as a cashier? Can he, can he, can he also be, can he also be cleaning the store? Can he also be running the marketing? Can he also be running the, the, the CSI? Can he also, all these different departments. How do you think the CEO is able to make the greatest decisions for the growth of the company? Because he has all these departments and then there's all the departments, right? But then there's also the board of directors, board of directors of the advisory. And you have to trust, you have to trust what they say. Because you know why? They have been to different ports of companies and and therefore and, and have different expertise and different experiences and they are able to guide better.
0: No, you're absolutely right. The only thing I, I just wanted to ask you, you know all of these young girls and refugees you've been working with? Mm-hmm. They all want to be visible. As you say, you know, I, I understand yeah. what you mean. How can we make sure we get the government, private sector, and people with power mm. to find a way to give visibility somehow. I know we we've been you know, recording refugees and sharing some of the stories, but my biggest worry is we're gonna elevate some and forget some in the struggle. So how can we make sure we get this balance of stories? You know, you are a producer, you've been, you, you are an actress, you understand the power of stories. What can we do as society to make sure that we don't forget the real stories? The mm. because all these refugees, by the way, have stories, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, you know, to never get it, it's still a very um, challenging road. And I, I know you would, you would know firsthand mm. um, the challenges and, and the blocks that one has to face, but we fight through it, Miriam. You know, it's to know that I cannot save 80 million people. But when uh-huh. I know that I can save a million, or I know that I can save a hundred, I would have done something. It would have been a difference because it's people. It's people. It's mm-hmm. not the numbers. It's the people. You know, It's not one in 10 million uh, refugees. It's one refugee 10 million times. Yeah. And that gives perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that it's easy for the world to, 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 to forget about forcibly displaced people to see it as a burden or as an economic burden, to say, how, you know, how does one tackle it? No, it is us who are on the ground, the foot soldiers, who continue to dismantle the, narr- the pre existing in- narratives, who continue to change the narrative, because you have to dismantle and then you have to build one, right? So we're changing the narrative. And we know that for as long as we're changing it, we are using our voice in whichever rooms that we are allowed in. The rooms with the biggest decision makers in the world, and we say, This is a cause that I stand for. Mm-hmm. This is a film that I'm, want, I'm wanting to do. This is a documentary that I want to do. And we go to the biggest boardrooms, your Netflixes, your Showmaxes, your HBOs, all these streaming platforms as well that give money and advertising to all these incredible productions, right? And we mm-hmm. say, and we say, how best do we use these platforms? To assist us in the funding so that we can be able to tell the stories at a broader scale for a bigger audience as well, so that it reaches far and wide.
0: If you're really thinking about everything you've done, you know, everything you remember, the podcast is being listened to by so many people, young girls who are looking inside of them very sad, uh, you know, they, they really want to listen to this amazing voice. What would you say is humanity? You know, when you're thinking about not just what you do with, you know, helping, elevating voices and giving people visibility, but inside of you, what do you think is humanity?
1: Humanity is to see another. It's to see another as your, your next of kin. I think that what humanity is for me. And for as long as I see you as a next of kin or closer than kin, I, I see you i think so many people as you said you know we we want to be seen so humanity is to see another and what is love for you Mm. god is love god is love and i am god (laughs) are you you a religious person i am i am i i don't think that i would be where i am had it not been for um anything that is uh, is beyond me I, i i i can never um, fathom that I put myself where I am. So I definitely am.
0: And what is abundance? Abundance is gratitude. All of the girls and the boys we talk to in refugee camp, not just in Kakuma, in Jordan, in Lebanon, in Liberia, in many, many places where I go, they're always rushing to do some stuff. And uh, I understand the urgency because living in difficult places, uh, waiting, waiting, waiting for something to happen, It's really, it's really challenging. Uh, And so what would you say that you have done and you are very proud of for the last three years that you can sit down and say, I am so proud of that because I was patient, I waited and I've been blessed to do this. Can you share with us?
1: Oh, I've got three things that I'm very grateful for and proud of. One, that I trusted the process. I trust the process of my life and I trust the timing of my life. And so even when I get impatient, I practice the art of knowing that everything is working together for my good. So I trust the timing. Everything is timing. Two, I possibly, I would definitely say um, the work that I have done with UNHCR and um, the work that I continue to do with them. So that has been the proudest moments of my life in the past three years. And last but not least, I would possibly say in January of 2019, I packed up my bags and I left um, South Africa and and I moved to the US. I left with a pocket full of dreams and I got here And when I was getting impatient and I really wanted to go home and nothing was going well with all the auditions I was doing, and I was really, really frustrated. The call came in. I was at a warehouse in Dubai for um, humanitarian relief. And I was with some UNACR staff members. I got a call. I said, you need to come back to the US tomorrow morning or at the latest the next day, the following day, because you have an audition with Paramount Studios For coming to America too. Um, And I thought, oh my goodness. What if again I don't get this, right? But again, trusting the timing, trusting the process. I got, I rerouted my flight. I was supposed to fly back to Johannesburg, but I decided let me fly back, let me fly back to LA. I I flew back to LA, I did the audition, and it turned out that I got um, one of the biggest roles um, on the film. And the film comes out in, in December this year we shot it last year in Atlanta one of the greatest experiences of my life as well and and now i i get to i get to say that i have been in tens of thousands of cinemas around the world hopefully by december and yeah that has been my life for the past 3 years
0: <laughs> you're making me cry <laughs> cry you do this with eddie murphy right i know yes yes,
1: oh, yes. Right? <laughs> i would cry on my podcast usually <laughs> i'll stop it man stop so it.
0: amazing i mean like seriously oh my god i'm telling you my netflix i'm gonna be clued <laughs> on it <Let's> wait. <laughs> we have we loved having you thank you so much for being our guest
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so glad. This is the best way to start my day and I can't wait to listen back and I can't wait to share it as well. I think you're just an incredible voice, Mariam, and you've used your life as a tool of change and it is so inspiring. I always tell you this. I'm always going to, every time we talk, I'm always going to fill your cup because I never want you to to not know just how um, full you are of humanity. And thank you for standing up for the most marginalized, Thank you for making the girls feel seen and heard and felt that is who you are. And I hope you never, ever forget that. And we will continue to fan whichever cause that you stand for, whatever it is that you do, we will continue to open our avenues to do whatever we can to support it because you deserve it. And those girls deserve it. That is who you are, Mariam. You are, your life is a testimony, is a testimony of what, overcoming is the god in you i bow to her because she is woman
0: thank you my sister you know i i love you i love you very dearly and i uh, i can imagine you walking in that bus stop and i can also imagine you today drinking champagne with your mom sure. and and understanding where you come from and then I hope all the young girls listening to this podcast understand that this woman didn't just appear on Instagram and Facebook, on Twitter. She worked her bloody ass off. That's and it. in December 2020, we're all going to glue ourselves on Netflix. <laughs> and We're going to watch her show to the world that you can come from that little place where no one believed in you to be here where she is because we as africans and i say this all the time i'm an african and then yesterday i interviewed one of my sisters she said when i stand up at the un mariam i'm thinking of you when I stand mm. up at when I stand up at the African Union, I know I have got a platform you don't have, so I took on your behalf. I mentioned yes. I am the code because this is what Africa should be, and uh, and what you said today is really touched my heart because I know you do this. You tweet for us, you Instagram us, you like all of our stuff, and and I want the young girls of Kakumuru Fiji Camp in Jordan, Lebanon, Liberia, Nigeria, Ghana, those girls who are suffering, waiting for the waiting for something to happen. To see that if these guys made it, because we are privileged. Nomizamo. Yes. Come on. We are privileged, you know. Come on. We are I've never knew in my life I'm gonna be here talking to someone like you. Mm. In my home in the UK, after everything that has that I've been through as a child, really. So I'm sure. so grateful for what I have. So we need to give it to other people. So thank you for Absolutely. your service.
1: Absolutely. We're building the bridge, my friend. We are building the bridge from where the young girls are to where they see themselves. We are building that bridge for them to get to the other side.
0: As I said earlier, she commanded the room in New York when I met her. The power in her voice? Stunning. Absolutely stunning. I can't wait to see her on Netflix very, very soon. You know, one of the things I've learned this week is there are different kind of powers. The power that need the spotlight and the power that come from behind the scenes. And all of those powers must be given visibility. You must dare to be visible. Go out there and tell the world who you are. Show them who you are. Let them listen to you. Take action and make a difference. You have been listening to the I Am The Code podcast and I'm your host, Mariam Jam, join me very soon for another I Am The Code episode. We have amazing guests. You can follow I Am The Code on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. If you wish to donate to I Am The Code, please go on imthecode.org. Thank you so much for being here. Stay resilient.